such as being a thief. Even if he has bad luck, being unsuccessful in his endeavors, dear brother, huh? Even if he is old, incapable of doing actions, Gemini, afflicted with grave disease, or cannot even maintain himself. The word Abi indicates that each of these items is not a cause of rejection of the husband. The men of Raja are all endowed with full good qualities. How can they be rejected? A woman who desires good in this and the next life should not do this. If she does, she will suffer in this life and the next. But what should give up a sinful person, one who commits serious sins, which cause them to fall down? Abhati. Sriti says, One should worship a husband who is not fallen. Therefore, you should not reject your husband's Krishna saying, since none of them have committed sin at all. Though he knows that the gopis have firm attachment to him, he speaks in this manner to increase their longing. Another meaning is as follows. I am actually your husband. As a husband, I do not have any faults like bad conduct, and therefore should not be rejected. I am endowed with all good qualities and cannot be rejected. These others are filled with faults and are not your your husbands. They should be rejected. Okay. So, uh, we're going to look at the faults, the faultless, and God, who is above them both. Hmm? Right, so for this, we're going to, let's look at this. And, now that I made it so big, it's impossible to quite find anything. Expand. Okay. And let's go to, oopsie. Let's go to 15. Like what kind of problems did he mention? Old age. 
He's, he's really old. He's really stupid. He's really sick. He's really poor. He's obnoxious. Hey, we have, a, of course, a story in Bhagavatam of a woman who married a husband like that. Who was that? Sukanya. She was a princess, and she ended up marrying this really old, really poor, really sick, obnoxious, he wasn't stupid, Chaiva Muni. And she served him very nicely. She got a young husband. Yeah, well, he turned into a young husband later by the grace of the Asini Kumaras. But, you know, she was, he's my husband. I mean, I know people who've left their spouse for all these things. Yeah? Devotees, you know. I have a devotee friend, her husband was chronically ill, and she said, I just can't take it, I'm out of here. Find a new husband. Nobody, including her guru, could convince her otherwise. She said, I just can't do it. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. Last time I was in New York, a couple years ago, I guess, I ended up meeting some old high school friends, and one of them was telling me how his wife had a stroke, and it left her physically and mentally disabled, and how difficult it was for him to care for her. He was very, he'd become very wealthy, he had hired 24-hour care, but he said, as soon as I get home, my wife wants me to serve her. He, she won't accept the caregiver. And he said, so as soon as I'm in my own house, I never have a minute to myself. I'm just waiting on my wife hand and foot. And anything he suggests that she could do to improve her situation, she won't do it. All she does is, is complain constantly. And you can tell that it was a burden to him. He said, well, you know, we've been married for so many years, 40-some years. We've been together since we were 13. What can I do? But this is the, the reality in this world. And the reality in this world is that when we give our complete heart to a fallible being, how do we end up feeling? We give everything to some fallible being. How do we feel? Drained. Drained. How else do we feel? I'm going to give everything to some fallible being. Cheated. Cheated. What else? Frustrated. Frustrated. Stupid. We feel stupid. <laughs> Angry. Alone. Bitter. Bitter. Yeah. And this is the world. People try to solve it. Well, let me give my heart to another fallible being, isn't it? All right, well, the person I've given my heart to, they're obnoxious and stupid, so let me find another fallible being. And you find that the next fallible being is obnoxious and stupid in another way. Or worse. The, the midwife I have who delivered my son, Keshava, she was married to a drug addict, and she said that her second husband said her first husband was an alcoholic. And this is like that. 
have a, a, a spouse or a child or whoever you're giving your heart to who's, you know, beautiful, young, and intelligent, and rich, they're still fallible. Isn't it? They're still fallible. They can't fulfill us. They, they just can't. They don't have the capacity. It's like if you try to power this temple room with a little AAA battery. The, the jiva is very small. And the jiva is very fallible. And if you give your heart to somebody, you're going to give your heart and soul all your loyalty to somebody who's fallible. They just don't have the capacity to fulfill you. Nor do we fallible beings have the capacity to fulfill anyone else. Some fallible being cannot be Krishna for me, and I cannot be Krishna for them. So, as far as, you know, peace and tranquility in society, and peace and tranquility for individuals, we say people should be loyal to their spouses for life even if they're obnoxious or poor or sick, as long as they're not grossly sinful. Grossly sinful, then get out. But this is... Hmm? Yeah, yeah, either way. Men with women, women with men. Krishna's talking to the gopis, but this applies equally to a husband. You know, like I have one god-brother whose, whose wife started seeing other men and even that tolerated, then she started bringing the men into the house in front of her, their children. And he said, that's it, that's it. goodbye. So, men, he's just talking to the gopis. And men should also be faithful to their wives, even if they were obnoxious and sick and poor. But this is, you know, this is for peace and stability in society. Peace for individuals, peace for the society. Otherwise, as it's explained in the Bhagavad Gita, you have Varna Sankara, you have all these unwanted children, you have all these psychologically messed up people, society falls apart, and so forth and so on. But these relationships are not going to fulfill us because the people are fallible. All right, suppose we have a jiva who's infallible. Krishna says there's the fallible and the infallible. But even a jiva who's infallible is not God. We had a nice question yesterday in our Bhakti Shastri class because it was, we did the first chapter of Bhagavad Gita and the first third of the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita and in the first third of the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita what very good thing does Arjuna do? He surrenders to Krishna as his guru. We did discuss that it really isn't until chapter 10 that Arjuna says, yes, I accept you as everything. Right? He's still like, from chapter 2 to chapter 10, he still sometimes says, ah, what about this? Why are you saying that? Right? And one of the students said, most people when they take initiation, are they at chapter 2 or chapter 10? I said, they're usually at chapter 2. <laughs> I usually start at chapter 10. And then they ask the question, you know, sometimes, because Krishna's very heavy with Arjuna in chapter 2 right away, isn't he? He's like, you're a fool. <coughs> Is it possible to get water? <coughs> and one of the students asked, 
you know, sometimes a disciple goes to the guru and the guru's heavy like that and the disciple gets fried and wants to reject the guru. And I said, well, in some cases the guru may actually be at fault there, but in many other cases is that the disciple is expecting a relationship from the guru that's not the guru's to do. I said, you don't go to a hardware store to buy flowers. You know, Prabhupada says, if you want to be cured from a disease, you don't go to a spiritual master, you go to a doctor. Similarly, if you want someone to put their hand on your shoulder and say, it's okay, it's all right, I know you're having a rough time, it's okay, you go to your buddy. Because when you go to your guru, your guru's going to say, you're in my hand. You know, of course, most of us who act as teachers in some capacity realize it's hard to do that. It's hard to go to a student. The student comes to you or somebody comes to you, please, Omila, help me, help me. And I realize most of the time what they really want is for me to say, oh, you're okay. You're okay. Everything will be okay. You're wonderful. <laughs> you know. Or they want me to, I don't know, chant some mantras so all their problems will go away. But they very rarely want me to say, hey, <laughs> this is Tamagun. <laughs> Remember Krishna, chant Hare Krishna. <laughs> Take shelter of Krishna, get out of Tamagun. They, they often get angry. And thank you so much. And, and often when you give them some, something to do, that will help get them out of Tamagun, you know, they don't do it. So even with the infallible, the infallible is not Janaka Janani Daitasanai Prabhupada's Pati Tuhusarvamoy. Even an infallible jiva is not God. So if we really want to go to the perfect person, we have to go above the fallible and the infallible, which is what the, the gopis are doing. And Jiva Goswami says that Jiva uh, Goswami says that the Lord is faultless. Now it's interesting that that's the commentary of Jiva Goswami uh, because we're going to look at uh, some other commentary of Jiva Goswami. And sorry, this is popping up with some stupid. I'm going to try this again. Don't pop up again, please. Thank you. All right, so this is in the section of Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu where Rupa Goswami is listing Krishna's qualities. You're all familiar with that, that list of 64 qualities? And Rupa Goswami is giving that, as, uh, for those of you who are interested in the technicalities, as part of the um, Vibhava Alambana Vishaya. Although they can also be Udipana. I'm not going to explain that now, but just if you're interested. So, Rupa Goswami gives these 64 qualities. And then one might ask, what about faults? So he also says, Krishna is free from faults. So these are the faults. Bewilderment, sleep, error. Material attachment without prema. Material lust which brings suffering, 
fickleness, intoxication, envy, violence, exhaustion, toil, lying, anger, hankering, worry, absorption in worldly affairs, prejudice, and dependency on others. Okay, let's look at Madhuri Kanambani of Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, H. Shower. He says, the scriptures proclaim that the Lord's qualities are absolutely free from these discrepancies. Occasionally, Kripa Shakti arranges the display of some of these discrepancies in the dealings of Krishna, Rama, and so on, and the devotees then perceive them. By the ingenuity of Kripa Shakti, however, these same faults are transformed from banality to divine magnificence. Now, in ordinary life, in order to live and work closely with another human being, as far as I can see, we pretty much have to reframe their faults as good qualities or we can't work with them. If you're living or working very closely with another human being, the only way to do that is, is when you see all their faults and discrepancies, either you reinterpret them as good qualities or you just say, well, I'm, I'm not going to pay much attention to them. I'm just going to focus on the good qualities, isn't it? And if you don't like someone, you do the reverse. And when people go from liking to not liking, they switch that. Have you noticed that? Like you're married to someone, and you reframe all their faults, and then you get divorced from them, and then you reframe them back to faults. <laughs> That's usually how it works. So, but with Krishna, his so-called faults are actually good qualities, and because he's complete, on pranamada pranamidana, he has, of these 18 faults, 16 of them in a perfect form. Two of them he doesn't have at all. And this is the commentary of Jiva Swami. Uh, he discusses this in his Priti Sandarbha, 117 to 144. Uh, we're not going to be quoting from that, but if you want further reference, you can find it there. We're going to be looking here just at Jiva Goswami's commentary on Bhakti Vasamri Dasindu, 21248, where he goes through all of the 16 of the 18 faults and describes them as good qualities. And when I first read this, I was just so thrilled, and, and I was like, wow, this is really wonderful. <laughs> so he quotes from Bhagavatam 10.77.31. How can lamentation, bewilderment, material affection, or fear, all born out of ignorance, be ascribed to the infinite Supreme Lord, whose perception, knowledge, and power are all similarly infinite? In other words, how can he have any faults? But Jiva Goswami says, due to the devotee's prema, they see these apparent faults in Krishna as good qualities. And due to the prema of Krishna for his devotees, they are actually good qualities. So let's look at the bewilderment. So here Jiva Goswami is going from 10, 13, 16 in the Bhagavatam. That when Krishna couldn't find the calves, he went to the bank of the river, and there he couldn't find the coward boys. And he was looking for the calves and boys as if he didn't know what had happened. So this is Krishna's bewilderment, but it's bewilderment in love. He's not really bewilderment. But out of love for the boys and the cats, he appears to be Then sleep, exhaustion, and toil. And Jiva Goswami quotes in 10, 15, 16. That sometimes Lord Krishna grew tired from fighting 
That's mock fighting with the boys. And lay down at the base of a tree, resting upon a bed made of soft twigs and buds and using the lap of a coward friend as his pillow. So this kind of sleeping is a pastime. Right? The Lord also sleeps to create the material world. And he has times during the Asakalila Lila when they're apparently sleeping. This, I think, is so funny. Error. So we see this with little children. Right? A very young child, very short. And we'll see, like, in a big kirtan, a little child will just grab onto a sari. You've all seen this? Thinking it's, it's the mother. And then they look up at the devotee's face and see it's not the mother and they cry. So Krishna Balaram used to do this too. And said so they, they used to follow the people as if going to their mothers. But when they saw they were other people, they became afraid and returned to their real mother. So this is Bhagavatam 10, a 22. So they would make a mistake. They'd make an error. But again, this is so loving and charming uh, to all of the older gopis. Now, this is the, one of the faults that Krishna does not have. Material attachment. Attachment without prema does not exist in the spiritual realm. Krishna does not have this in any form. Same with material lust. Material lust, which means grief, also does not exist. In Krishna, it's only prema. Fickleness. And Maharaj always talks about how when he first read Krishna book, he loved reading about this. From 10, 8, 29, how Krishna is taking the, the butter and yogurt and he's feeding it to the monkeys. And when the monkeys won't have any more, he breaks the pots. Right? And when, there's, when he can't find any butter or milk to steal, he pinches the babies. And then when the babies start crying, he goes away. But again, this is charming. It fills all the inhabitants of Raja with so much love, seeing this fickleness of little child Krishna. Then intoxication from 1035-24. As Krishna respectfully greets his well-wishing friends, his eyes roll slightly as if from intoxication. He wears a flower garland, and the beauty of his soft cheeks is accentuated by the brilliance of his golden earrings and the whiteness of his face, which has the color of a badar berry. Yes, he also drinks honey wine. And there's a lot of ball around pastimes with intoxication. Envy from 1025-16. By my mystic power, I will completely counteract this disturbance caused by Indra. Demigods like Indra are proud of their opulence and out of foolishness, they falsely consider themselves the lord of the universe. I will now destroy such ignorance. For violence, Jiva Goswami doesn't give a specific quote. He says there's lots of them. So lots and lots of times here we've shown Krishna killing Arisasura, Keshi, and fighting with the demigods and the battle about Banasura. Lying! 10.835 My dear mother, I've never eaten dirt. All my friends complain against me are liars. If you think you're being truthful, you can directly look into my Examine it. And another line <laughs> when Krishna and the Pandavas disguise themselves 
as Ramana's fight with Jarasandra. For anger, Jivago Swami says there's lots of examples. He doesn't give any specific ones. And I really liked it when I found these pictures that in each one of them, the Lord has his hand in this same position. Right here with Kamsa, with Jagai, and Madai, with Bhishma. Hankering. Now, when Madhya Soda was churning butter and Krishna wanted to drink her breast milk, he caught hold of the churning rod. Now, this is in 10.94. These are all the examples that Jiva Goswami gives in his commentary. Worry from 10.13.17. When Krishna couldn't find the boys and the cows anywhere, he understood it was the worker from Ma and he was worried. Oh, and this one. How fortunate we are that Krishna has this apparent fault. Absorption in worldly affairs is shown in having the desire to maintain the universe. Thank you, Krishna, for wanting to be willing to be absorbed in the affairs of this world and take care of us. Prejudice. This is from Bhagavad Gita 9.29. Krishna says, I don't favor anyone, I don't envy anyone, but anyone who renders service unto me is a friend, is in me, and I am also a friend to him. Dependency on others. So here I put in a picture of a cheer cord, Gopinath. Uh, Jesus quoting 9.463 about Maharaj Amarish, where Vishnu is talking to Javasa. I'm completely under the control of my devotees. Indeed, I am not at all independent because my devotees are completely devoid of material desires. I sit only within the core of their hearts. What to speak of my devotees, even those who are devotees of my devotees are very dear to me. So to summarize these faults, lamentation, bewilderment, and material affection and fear when they originate from ignorance are definitely not present in the Lord. However, lamentation, bewilderment, material affection, and fear, when they originate from knowledge, do exist in the Lord. So where are we going to give our everything? To the fallible, to the infallible, or to the one supreme person who is above it all? And so when Krishna says to the gopis, go home and give your hearts to the fallible, they're like, no. You're the husband. We're giving our hearts to you, the one supreme person who can absolutely fulfill all desires. Nitya nitya you are the real husband. You are the real proprietor. You are the real enjoyer. Questions, comments, additions, subtractions, chastisements. Yes, sir. Yes, in fact, those are the next two slides that I didn't show. Yet sometimes the devotees also apparently exhibit these faults. Yes, and the example that uh, Jiva Goswami gives is of Sukadeva Goswami, who while he was fighting the Bhagavatam temporarily becomes bewildered in ecstasy and has to kind of collect himself before he can continue speaking. 
uh, and Jiva saying gets angry, Arjuna gets bewildered. Yes, yes. So Jiva mentions that, that the pure devotees also sometimes apparently show these salts and pray on them. He gives that one example, but he makes that point. Yes, I, I find this class very satisfying, and I want to thank you for this class. Oh, you are welcome. Particularly because it's exclusively about the Supreme Lord. Oh, thank you. And when the class is exclusively about the Supreme Lord, regardless of the level of presentation or healing, it's always one of the reasons. Well, I talked a little bit about Krishna's point about serving the husbands in this world. It, it follows to what you're it, it actually it, it was it was interesting, you know. I started looking at this verse yesterday morning after Drista Prabhu's class, and uh, you know, thinking because the BBT purport is mostly focused on women don't have to serve fallen husbands. You know, if he's really if he's really fallen, you can get out. And I was thinking about giving you know a, a class from a sociological point of view, you know, which was the way the BBT purport was going, and I was kind of going back and forth on it. And it was actually kind of late in the day yesterday, and it was like, oh, Bhagavad Gita, 15, 16, 17. <laughs> well, this was the introduction to the subject, right? Yes. We were talking about that not to serve the husband, but to serve Krishna. It was just the Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. We need to switch the on the little thing. That little box that box. Yeah, I know. Turn it off. Okay. Do you want can you switch the box to otherwise tomorrow it won't it'll be in the wrong box. Yeah, do it tomorrow.